0: The USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very
1: pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid, I feel
2: angry. Who mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. disappointed me?
0: to the USL show. This is Phil and uh, this show is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. We have a good crew today. Uh, Phil Bakke is here to join us from Seriously Loco representing El Paso Locomotive tonight. Phil, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't get too confusing with the uh, dual fills, but we'll uh, <laughs> we'll try to power through.
0: Yeah, usually we force someone to take a nickname. Um, I don't. You got one? I don't. <laughs> uh,
1: I've I've got too many to choose from on the spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of the uh, same. B- Baki's fine if you want to just go like high school style and go by last names.
0: Yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> if everyone feels comfortable with that, go for it. But uh, I don't care. I think we'll be okay. Um, so far, so far only one confusing moment so far. Um, but, uh, we do have the normal crew minus Evan. So that means Ryan is here and Ryan, did you finish your dinner? I know you, you had school at eight and here we are.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a typical college life. You walk home from the library at like 10 o'clock at night and I walked in the door about ten fifteen current time and you no, know, I'm still working on my, dinner currently but <laughs> i'll power through through the uh, recording the episode your microwave well currently <laughs>
0: your microwave college meal yeah
3: it wouldn't be college without having a microwave as your top chef
0: <laughs> <laughs> i like it um so it, yeah it's what 10 30 or 10 45 where you are the ponies rolling in from work what's that
3: Seattle
0: scored. I did just see that it's 1-1. Yeah, we're... No, it's
2: 2-1.
0: Oh, it's 2-1? I'm behind. I'm behind on my phone here.
2: (laughs) Good, good podcasting we got going right now. Uh, (laughs) Pony, say hi. (laughs) It's a solid timestamp on when we're recording right now, you know? Yeah,
0: exactly. 24 minutes for me, so I'm about to see a goal, I think. But uh, um, anyway, Pony, how you doing, man?
2: Uh, Not bad. Trying to catch up on sleep which got destroyed over the weekend
0: yeah i could tell the last time we talked that you were a little out of it still (laughs) yeah no kidding Uh, but it was worth it right i I think that's what we want to start talking about i want to hear a little bit about your uh, experience at phoenix
2: yeah so for those who didn't know i went to phoenix for the first round game and me being the weird person i am i flew into phoenix on saturday morning and i flew out of phoenix on sunday morning i was there for less than 24 hours <laughs> that but, is I mean, crazy it was fun i mean sam door hooked me up with a ticket so i was saying hey if you get me one i'll come and he said yes you have one so that <laughs> kind of forced my hand at that point i kind of have to actually make it out to phoenix and it was quite the experience it was a great stadium great atmosphere great fans i yeah. think like 10 people actually came up and recognize me because I said what I was wearing on Twitter That's and awesome. that was really, really kind of half panicking for me and half kind of cool at the same time where I was not used to people saying hi to me by Pony because that doesn't happen apart from this podcast ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great.
2: Uh, so
0: people did say hello. I My biggest fear is that I do what you did and then just everyone doesn't care.
2: <laughs> now i got enough people saying hi who at least follow and recognize what i do and that's actually really cool that people care enough to actually walk up to a stranger and hopefully it's not the wrong stranger Mm -hmm. so uh, a
0: couple questions about it because i've never seen a modular stadium can you kind of tell those of us who haven't seen what it was like did it feel very normal and very whatever or was it obvious that it was modular
2: it, once you got inside, it felt very normal. Mm-hmm. Outside, it's literally in the middle of a giant dirt patch for <laughs> probably at least four or five times the size of the stadium. It's just completely empty dirt all around. And me being the, yeah, I decided to walk the entire way in from across the street where I met up <laughs> with the Ryzen S1 guys. So I think that podcast did drop this morning. I talked to one of them before the game.
0: Oh, sweet. I need to look that up.
2: Yeah, it showed me being wrong about a couple of the West games and right about most of the other stuff, but it was good to talk to talk to some other people. So we got to meet up and I walked over to the game and it was it was fun. And I promised I'd shout them out, but massive shout out to the Banditos people who gave me a ride back to my hotel
1: <laughs> because
2: my phone died wow. during the shootout. So I can no longer call it Uber or Lyft. crazy so for the people who gave me right back to the hotel your lifesavers thank you for not making me call a cab through a payphone (laughs) give them all the money in my wallet to take me back to the hotel what payphone (laughs) there's no payphone. i I could have probably found one if i walked around long (laughs) enough
0: well so much thanks to the good people of the banditos there's a phrase you haven't heard too often
2: yeah, but seriously, you guys were lifesavers and made my night a whole lot better than hoping to find something to plug my phone into or hoping to find a cab <laughs> in Phoenix at like 11 at night.
0: No kidding. Well, it sounds like a really, really great experience. I've heard a million people talk about how good the atmosphere was there. And uh, kind of the same for Highmark. It sounds like Pittsburgh had themselves a night as well. Um, yeah, and we're going to talk to Phil, you know, about his experience as well uh we'll get to that but um let's talk about let's talk about the news first here and there's a lot to hit this is going to be the bulk of our show today and we're only going to touch a little bit on the playoffs because we'll be talking to um, you know we're going to do a short show about it probably again sunday night and i'm probably still going to try to get mike watson here or another three honest lad one of one of the other guys. So uh, we'll just see what ha- what's in store for the next week, but lots and lots of shows. I think this is our sixth playoff show playoff oriented show in uh, just two and a half rounds of the playoffs. So that's pretty great. Um, first news of the day is good news. USLPA has fired up the PR machine and uh, they're going to do 36 days Uh, with 36 different teams featuring 36 different teams and so uh, they will only be uh, representing in this agreement this year the championship we did figure that out kind of in our in our slack today that league one is not involved but i'm really excited to see what comes of this very first agreement with uh, the usl Um, any thoughts about this whole agreement that's been on its way for a long long time ryan how about you i know you've, you've had some thoughts
3: I think it's good to have the uh, USOPA form and I understand having it come through the season was a bit difficult to try and organize a lot of things. But now as we're hitting into the postseason, when there's going to be more eyes focused on the league, especially with the uh, USL Cup Final on ESPN2, it's basically a very good platform to kind of highlight all the teams, and especially doing these... 36 teams in 36 days. You can have to look at a lot of the small sides who basically don't get a lot of attention. Your Atlanta United twos, your Bethlehem Steel, from like the mass media, and so at least good to put them on a pedestal. I guess that's one thing we'll have to consider going forward would be a, a way to try and implement League One into this uh, kind of association, just because they're also professional players, and it's something that I would like to see them be covered. But of course, you got stuff especially with these bargaining agreements. You got to take baby
1: steps first before you can start running
0: without a doubt Phil pony any thoughts from you guys
1: I mean for me I there's been a lot of a lot of talk from a couple of guys out on, on locomotive about their uh, about the importance of of the players association and and the collective bargaining agreement but I am interested to see what the actual sticking points are in this first you know round of negotiation where is ownership going to try to stand their ground versus where the player's going to, uh, to try to, to really, um, get themselves some, some benefits. I know one of the big ones that's been talked about, especially down here with, uh, guys like drew Becky, uh, is, uh, is head injuries, uh, which I know is, is kind of constantly across, um, us soccer just with, um, the different pundits who, who champion that. So I'm just interested to see whether the focus is on, you know, minimum contracts or is it on player safety? Mm -hmm. Like where, where is the players focus um, in this, in this first round of negotiations?
0: Well, uh, um, this blends right perfectly into the sock takes article that we all got to see this week from uh, Nipun Chopra, of course, Um, breaking some really big news about Hartford, about um, several, several sources talking about the mistreatment of players And, well, I say mistreatment. Um, They, as far as the league is concerned about things, laws written down about how players are supposed to be treated, they have, uh, as far as everyone's concerned, met those requirements. But, boy, they skimped every possible chance they could, according to the article. And, um, you know, the players... uh, even I know a decent amount of players and I've gotten to have a cup, you know, I've gotten to get word from a lot of players over there and not just players about the situation. And I I've heard of things that are a little bit worse than even was in that article in small, different small ways. But basically Hartford was trying to get away with as much as they could on, uh, with very, as very little money as, as possible. And it just wasn't, wasn't good. And to, to the cherry on top of that was Jimmy Nielsen, um, you know, and Hartford mutually parting ways is the way it's listed there. Um, let's let some people get some takes in here. Pony, you must like Jimmy Nielsen. He's, he sets up a team in a way that you typically like.
2: Yeah. I like Nielsen, but I think I talked about this this week in a little bit where it's just really bad that, I mean, if even half the stuff that came out of that article is true, this is horrible, not only for Hartford, but for the league for letting this actually go. If this is not actually against their rules, I mean, the league's getting better, the whole best D2 team or D2 league talk. If this stuff is allowed to happen, you're probably not even like the best D4 league if this is going to be what actually is allowed to go on. Mm. The league needs to basically come up with some way to stop this, even if it's, uh, I mean, I don't know how they do it, if it's all true, but... There's a point where you're just taking advantage of players and risking their livelihoods to cut dollars. And, I mean, best case, it means teams like Hartford who are saying, yes, we will risk your safety to save a few thousand dollars here and there, Mm -hmm. are going to be teams who will habitually be seller dwellers because no one is going to want to play for them. At most, you're going to get some local people from Hartford to go, well, yeah, maybe I'll take a few thousand dollar contract to go play for this team who's not going to pay for anything if I get hurt, because I think I might be talented enough to break and do the league next year if I show I'm good at heart for this year. Mm-hmm. It's bad for the league. It's bad for the players. And if it's going to be like that, Nielsen did good to get out of there. He's better than that
0: yeah yeah and and like that's kind of what i was saying with the cherry on top that if if nielsen doesn't want to stick around it almost kind of proves that most of it is true you know apparently you know there's word that he's on a three-year contract at that so he must have let that go to get out of there um is what i'm guessing based on everything else that happened around there um but but yeah the the safety thing that's what you you kept mentioning player safety at risk that's because i think at the end of the season to meet their budget or something like that they scheduled another friendly um and uh you know players could have gotten injured in that friendly at the end of the season after everything was over so uh i think that's what you're talking about there pony uh, among a few other things but any other thoughts from ryan or phil on the on the matter it's an ugly situation. Um Hartford's not looking good and and you know hopefully the, you know the point of going straight into this from the PA point of view is that they have a starting point, right? These are some things that they can nail down and to be honest, as Pony was saying, the league should nail these things down because it makes them look bad. And unfortunately to me, this kind of just shows that that there are owners out there that are going to do the bare minimum and try to get away with what they can. And it just proves that, unfortunately, we need a PA. It shows that a PA is necessary for players to be taken care of because we can't just trust human beings to to do that um, when it comes to money. So that really sucks. Um, That's my word on that. and we can move on to the next depressing story. <laughs> um, and I'm sorry, everyone. We're, we're really digging in tonight. Um, there's a lot of news on Fresno today, and I think Ryan can kind of speak. You have at least one of the um, one of the tweets pulled up about some of the news on Fresno today.
3: Yeah, it was a tweet earlier today, just kind of from Mike Walsh, just talking about the team gave like an official statement, just that they struggled so often to try and find a stadium within the city. I think they was mentioned that they had met with the city 11 different times to try and figure out a stadium. And once you're on your 11th plan, it um, it just seems like it's not going to come to fruition. I mean, if New York City FC has struggles in New York and you're struggling in Fresno, it seems almost impossible to get a city built. But it seems like now at the end of the season, it's more likely that Fresno will probably end up relocating rather than shutting down the Franchise because it seemed like the owner is still from his statement that he was still passionate that he wanted to bring soccer into Fresno and stay in the region. So I think it was mentioned that Monterey, California, was going to be a potential spot that they were going to try and do like a modular stadium there, and then dropped with the stipulation they would drop to a League One. But it's still it's unfortunate that you just you never want to see a team, a fan base lose their team. Take it from a guy who's already lost his USL team that you just don't want to see it happen to anyone.
0: I agree. Um, I don't have a draw pulled up right now. I don't didn't pop up, but Edwards, even Edwards, uh, Jake Edwards posted something about that today, and it kind of stated the obvious in a way, but it also, I don't know if we always think about it, but he kind of phrased it in that, you know, it's necessary for someone to have a stadium. Um, a soccer specific stadium at that to be totally successful in this league at this point and to not have a stadium to play in at all uh, just it's it's impossible to be successful in this league and so you know it's as simple as that it's a simple statement Um, but you know obviously he said he doesn't want to ever lose a team and he hopes they work it out and they're welcome to keep trying even in Monterey and then the Monterey announcement that you mentioned came out after that I think So you know Fresno's all over the board. This morning, uh, everyone assumed they were dead completely, and then little bits were dropping throughout the day. Um, Yeah, Phil, any thoughts about Fresno? I know you've uh, your teams played them a lot, uh, a lot more than um, you know me, but you know Pony too. What do you think about this, Phil?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's tough, especially given the fact that, you know, we just, we just kind of played the, the villain role of knocking Fresno, like ending their, their season, um, in El Paso. So it's not often that the expansion team plays the villain, but I guess that was, that was the, the hand we were dealt this time around, but, um, the, the atmosphere during that game and, and the way that they reacted to the goals as well, when, especially when they. Um, took the lead. You, you, it's, it just adds to the, to the heartbreak of the situation because you don't want to see a passionate fan base lose, uh, lose their, their club. And when this kind of stuff gets thrown around, obviously as a expansion team in a baseball stadium, it, it does give me a little bit of pause. Um, luckily the our ownership group owns that facility. So it kind of, I think it kind of simplifies things slightly, but, um, with the direction of USL going towards, you know, forcing teams, teams into new facilities, it makes me think, you know, down the road is El Paso going to get a stadium deal done in time Hmm. to like meet USL's timeline. So, um, one of those things where I, I feel for Fresno and then in the back of my mind, I'm a little, a little nervous myself, uh, for, you know, any of the teams, especially out here in the West, a lot of a lot of teams are playing in baseball stadiums still, so yeah, I think a lot of fan bases have a little bit of cause for concern.
0: And uh, it was it came out in the thread that said Fresno was basically going bye bye this morning. That's where it said teams have two years to get a soccer specific stadium, which I don't know if we've ever distinctly seen that 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 stat or whatever you want to call that that news uh, or requirement. And um, so. Uh, I was surprised at that. I didn't expect two years to be it, um, and I'm and that not I'm can't s- even be
2: true. I, exactly. I, <laughs> I mean, like Tulsa and Reno immediately. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, at first I took it as new teams coming in have to have a soccer specific stadium within two years. Um, but it's just the way things have gone so far. It's like USL says one thing or implies one thing, and then nothing gets called. You know what I mean? I. I. I that's why I kind of came out and said. You know, I don't see that actually happening, but it's a good aim. Yeah. You know,
2: I, I could see like you have to have a five-year plan. Me too. To join the league, like if you got, you say like again, yeah, five years we'll have this lockdown soccer-specific stadium, but for three years you're gonna to play in this baseball stadium, and then you are gonna to break ground, and two years later, real stadium maybe. But two years is a joke. I mean, <sighs> so many teams in the USL have been playing in worse places than Fresno has for two years
0: but but they're right you know what i mean like that's the right aim i think they're realizing that if they don't start putting the hammer down these guys are going to just do what they want and so uh, i assume that definitely means hey we're putting this out there if you want to join the league this is what we expect and we're trying to get our other kids in line but right now that's that's what needs to happen because then we get in situations like fresno over and over and over and over we need to like pull off the band-aid Lose the teams we're going to lose or let them drop and let championship be what it needs to be. Get this PA going, let championship become the league that it needs to be.
3: And you're seeing that with a bunch of teams. I mean, you have the battery who are currently uh, moving out of Blackpool into a Patriots point in in, uh, Charleston to try and get closer to downtown, which is still a soccer specific stadium, I think down to 3000 capacity, but Mm. it's still important that you see teams join into Soccer specific stadiums. I mean, you also could bring up Indy Eleven who's still playing in admittedly a football city. That's a very nice facility, but and we know that's not the most ideal situation just from watching their games with god awful football lines on it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but speaking of USL rules and, and different things that are happening, different movements within the league, um, Stuart Holkerin, uh, a big St. Louis guy that a lot of people respect, love the guy, um, he posted today that he believes the MLS and USL agreement ends in December. We're going to double check that, but I just thought I'd bring that up. It's a, I think it's true, and it'd be an interesting situation if something comes of it uh, I guess first of all do we think anything comes of that if it is true
3: I'll say it maintains the status they're going to debate a lot of stuff but it'll kind of keep the status quo for another like it'll be a shorter a shorter contract now as we move towards the 2026 World Cup which will be the main focal point of the next decade but I still think at this point they're going to try and maintain the status quo. And they'll try and renegotiate it and kick the can down the road.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I imagine so too. I mean, it's been such so successful. Um, but you know, at some point you just keep wondering like when are MLS and USL going to butt heads? Will they ever butt heads? I don't know. It's if they were to force them all down to League One or if they force them all to meet certain uh, criteria, will MLS take a stand if that happens? And then will they butt, butt heads? I just keep wondering when or if it'll ever happen. I, I get the vibe over and over and over. I keep getting these like crazy stories, crazy thoughts in my heads about USL and MLS. And for the most part, most people call me down and say, No, like we work together. This is this is a good relationship, even if sometimes our our ideals don't quite match up perfectly. It's still a mutually beneficial relationship. And I think for the most part, it is so.
2: Yeah, I think the only way something would happen is like if, if all the MLS two teams missed the playoffs for like a year, then maybe if they're all horrible, then something might happen if there's no agreement in place. Yeah, but we still have New York Monarchs. Those two teams are always good as long as those two teams exist and don't just drop off the face of the earth next year,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it has to stay in place because they're providing some of the best teams in the entire league. Why yep. would we get rid of that? Get rid of that. When we only have a few, well, more than a few bad MLS two teams, but <laughs> as long as there's some decent ones, there's no reason for the USL to kick them out
0: yeah and i mean red bull 2 real monarchs they don't show any sign of changing the way they're operating they still operate the same way they they have been for a couple of years and for red bull 2 for their entire existence for that matter so um yeah i don't see that have
3: their own stadium that's something not many other teams in the league can actually say
0: right and uh i'm almost 2000 average attendance every every game which i i respect that's okay with me personally
2: it's also a beautiful stadium i mean if i had to choose one place to go that's probably my top like three is going to the real monarch stadium
0: And we can watch them, like, empty the Colorado River (laughs) while the game's going. (laughs) I always notice the sprinklers are going nonstop over there (laughs) uh, while the game's going. But, um, no, it is beautiful. I respect the heck out of uh, them doing what they're doing. And even uh, Tacoma Defiance, who fields a pretty ugly team often, one of the youngest teams for sure, but they're over 2000 in attendance and they are in a new city and they have a stadium and they're actually trying. So, you know, there have been some changes for the better, even to go alongside, you know, the slope parks of the world. Um, so there's that, uh, trade
2: views. <laughs> <Mews. Mews. laughs> unbelievable. unbelievable yeah. Monthless keeper. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. He had a rough start, but, uh, looks like championships doing its job. It's making it better.
1: I was going to say that, uh, I mean, in terms of that agreement between MLS and, and USL, the we talked about the CBA for USL, but with the CBA for MLS wrapping up, is there any chance that, I mean, it may have nothing to do with it, but is there any chance that that gets in the way of an agreement if there's any type of work stoppage in, in MLS to, as well? Mm.
0: Oh, and that would be interesting because a lot of those guys are on MLS contracts. Could they play in the USL? Probably that, not
1: that's yeah that's my only my only thought is with the cba expiring it could could cause a little bit of confusion for for a time if the mlspa really digs their heels in this time i mean they said they would last time and they didn't so we'll we'll see
0: the other side to that is that all of those teams can pull from the academy i think they'd be able to field an 11 at least so i think they'd be okay
2: would Uh, it be good though remember when la made that play that game against uh reno who they basically made a new rule about how many academy players they could bring up because of it It's mm, <laughs> like two years ago when reno beat la like nine nothing at home
0: wow where they said
2: you can't play that many academy players in a game anymore we're not letting you play the high school all-star team against the us all team
0: <laughs> i think you're right actually i do think there's a max so man you yeah, will have to talk about that if that happens really good call there phil um it does get ugly Let's go
3: through and find that history.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Um, We are inching closer to the playoffs. We have two two teams, as we mentioned, in the playoffs. Well, that made the playoffs, I should say. Um, Real Monarchs still holding strong, looking great. Um, Before we get right into it, we do have some weird venue news popping up today. Uh, Ben Wright posted today that Nashville is looking for a new venue or he didn't at first say that they're looking, but he said they're thinking about changing the venue. And at some point that turned into, they're looking for a venue and it seems like possibly the league told them they couldn't have it in the final in a baseball stadium. If that were to be the case, Um, there was, you know, some funny tweets about Louisville's field and maybe it came from that a little bit. Um, But Louisville, um, Louisville, if they were to go to the final and host, which is a possibility uh their venue is busy on the day of the final so they would have to search for a new uh stadium for that um a new venue for that event they could go to lynn down the road which they've often done but it's a smaller stadium less attendance um so anyway we have some issues with venues and a lot of weird news being passed around and nothing solid that i know of but um, is this a good thing? Do you guys think that, um, the league is telling them they can't have it in a baseball stadium, a final?
2: I mean, there's something wrong with that. I'm not against it at all. I mean, unless you're saying you have to forfeit your chance to host it, then yeah, then, then that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just give them something nearby. I mean, if you want to just break the world, have them play in Nippert.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be so bad would <laughs> be the ultimate Embarrassment um, yeah. That would actually be amazing
2: I love to see what the fans Like him <laughs>
3: What is that moment um, of LeBron saying, "I'm going to bring a title to Cleveland" and then see the Golden State Warriors lifting like Game Five or Six yeah. <laughs> when they won it in Cleveland? But I think this goes back mainly to what uh, was mentioned in that Reddit thread, or not Reddit, that uh, Twitter thread earlier, saying that teams need to be in a soccer stadium within two years. I'm curious now if they're trying to phase out baseball, especially now for the final.
0: Yeah, and my question is if they're just now starting to look. Were they just told this week or last week to to go look for a, a new venue? Because that's uh, that's not good operating procedure. But I mean, that's a lot of assumptions. This is all assumptions, to be honest. But
3: Maybe it's kind of been in the work. But, I mean, as most of us should, for at least for Nashville, I think a lot of us said it was safe to assume they would be in a position to try and make the USL final. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's kind of been under absence. Like, okay, just for safety, let's not announce it or let's not try and look for places now until we're in a position
0: yeah to you're right
3: just the final because for all we know phoenix is, who i still think is like a 50 chance of making the final out of the west it, they could still very well end up hosting it and this will all be kind of for naught.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's a good call there Um, but I think we did it guys. I think we can start talking about the playoffs. And, uh, (laughs) since Phil is here, I want to, I'm going to go to him first. Uh, Phil, let's back up a a round or two and, uh, let's talk about everything El Paso's done in the playoffs here and maybe even the run up to the playoffs. El Paso's a fun team, man. It's a team that a lot of people are um, sending a lot of respect that team's way because of what they're trying to do this year. So, I mean, how's it gone for the team? Obviously you're in a good spot here.
1: Yeah. Um, it was looking pretty dicey towards the end of the season. and I'm not going to lie. Um, there was a point where I figured, you know, you're hoping we can make a playoff game or play in game. And then, uh, and then it got to the last day of the season and everything kind of fell our way where even with a loss, we still ended up in that, in that sixth spot to avoid the play-in. So yeah, I mean it, the, the end of the season, um, there was it the two2 draw against Tulsa at home I was like uh, this probably isn't gonna go very well for us and then by the end of the season um, we uh, we ended up in in the uh, in the quarter you know conference quarterfinals so yeah getting matched up with Fresno I think I think that was a chance for the team to uh, exercise some demons from one of their worst performances of the season away at Fresno as well. So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a fun, uh, it's been a fun run in, uh, to, to make the playoffs. And then obviously last Saturday was, was tons of fun.
0: Yeah. Um, how do you feel about this game coming up against Sacramento? This is uh you can give us a little bit of a preview here. What do you think we'll see?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, well, <laughs> it's tough to say because we've had some, some Jekyll and Hyde performances at home this year. So um, recently we've been more consistent. So I think that's, I think that's good defensively though, is a big question mark. There were two, both, both goals that we conceded to Fresno were uh, defensive errors like uh, Chiro and Toko gets caught under a cross and, and uh, Cheney's able to, to score from it. And then, their second is a giveaway by, by our keeper. Who's normally, you know, Logan Ketter, he's been pretty consistently good for us uh, most of the season, but he, he has had one or two mistakes uh, that led to goals. So nearly throw it away from a, uh, from a winning position uh, because of two defensive errors, but, but drag dragged ourselves back into it um, with two. Well, James Kiffy scored the, you know, a ridiculous goal and his first goal for the club and, hmm. um, but it's going to be so important, obviously with, with, uh, Sac Republic any a in the form that he's in, it's going to be so important to not make any errors because it doesn't even take an error for him to score as we saw against New Mexico. So, um, yeah, it, it, I think a lot of it is going to hinge on, on limiting his chances. And then, uh, obviously at the other end goal scoring, I think has, has improved, um, the big question mark now for locomotive is can Jerome Keysavetter get out of this little funk that he's in where every scoring position he gets into, it just doesn't seem to just doesn't seem to go right for him. So we're getting goals from elsewhere, but I'd like to see him start scoring as well. And I think if he does uh against Sacker Republic and we can limit any Voltzon, then I think we stand a pretty good chance, but pretty big if on any Voltsen
0: trying to bring back the bread and butter. Uh, Pony, I know you have some thoughts on some of these things. Tell us about Sacramento and uh, also your thoughts on El Paso for
1: sure.
2: I mean, El Paso to me is like a lily ball light almost, where it's one of those who told me this team was coached by lily, I wouldn't be stunned because they are a good defensive team. They're quietly a very good defensive team, and they're not a great team scoring-wise. I mean, Ketterer, I've said if he popped up on Keeper of the Year ballot. I don't think he'd be my vote, but he's top five at least, maybe borderline top three, if you want to make the argument. I actually couldn't say that's a dumb argument. It's possible. But Sacramento's been weird come playoffs. They've given up two goals. Both have been in the first five minutes. They've both have been really stupid error goals. And then after that, they actually played good. So maybe their play style is allow a stupid goal in the first five minutes, lull the other team in a false sense of security, and then say, beat him on the counter and go, hey, look, we're good now. Okay, surprise. <laughs> but, I I mean, I've been against Sacramento twice already in the playoffs, if you want to be honest, from Sacramento. And I've been wrong twice. So, I mean, I think El Paso's not a good matchup for them since they're playing defense. And that's not the type of team Sacramento's built to beat. They're an okay defensive team themselves. I mean, like I've said, they've lost Cohen halfway through the season. Their keeper, who probably should have been a keeper there last year and was not. Their replacement keeper is not bad, but it's more a USL average keeper as opposed to top five in the league. So I'm a little bit afraid of that. But, I mean, Sacramento's been playing better than I ever thought they would be. I mean, if you told me... They would begin this game versus be out first round. I'd pick be out and play in round 100% of the time. So we'll see. I mean, I'd love to see him advance, but El Paso's played him well every time they've played El Paso this season. I'm not sure they're going to do it, but being pessimistic has paid off in the past so i'm going to continue being <laughs> pessimistic and not hope to like double or first jinx him on this one <laughs>
0: i think that's an optimistic view on pessimism i think that's a pretty good mix there um phil i think give us a little bit more kind of some
1: last thoughts about el paso before we talk about the other games um yeah we had uh well this la- this game against fresno we saw sebastian velazquez has uh been facing his penalty spot demons, um, hmm. from his previous life at, at, you know, Real Salt Lake slash Monarchs. So, um, he's three for three now from the spot. So interested to see if, you know, if there is a penalty award, I th- I'm pretty sure he's the guy, um, stepping up and then, uh, and, uh, in, in midfield, they've got Richie Ryan back. He was, he was, uh, out for a while with a stress fracture in his foot and he's, only he's been coming off the bench primarily in these last few games. So, um, he's getting back you know to full fitness. So a little bit more depth in the midfield as well, which I think helps. And pony, like you were talking about, like the, the matchup with Sac Republic, Sac Republic matched up super well against two teams that whose midfields are pretty like, um, porous in new Mexico. Like they don't really play through the midfield and and Reno's pretty direct um, most of the time I think so Sac- Sacramento, I think th- thrived on that. Um, it'll be interesting to see if New Mexico can play on the ground uh, and, and play through the midfield like they want to, um, or Sacramento can, can kind of clog things up. Um, cause there have been teams. Austin did it, um, similar to how they did it against Phoenix, but they did it, uh, against El Paso here at the re- end of the regular season. So I think they might look to that as a blueprint to, to kind of gum up the works for, for El Paso's passing system.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Actually. Um, Let's move on though. Uh, We have another interesting game, real Monarchs versus Phoenix. Um, This will be very different than the Austin bold game. Uh, but maybe more interesting pony you got to see phoenix in person live and in person against uh, a tough team in austin bull do you think this team this game will look different as well or you disagree with me there
2: i mean just look really different because real monarchs are a complete different team than austin austin is kind of a slow it down methodical we'll take our chances from the get them team and real monarchs are just go out and hit the opponent as hard as you can and hopefully you're going to outscore them i mean It's a game where, after going down a man for Orange County, they even gave up a goal. You don't give up a goal down a man too often as a team, but they still outscored him, what, 3-1 to going down a man? Hmm. I mean, if they play like that against Phoenix, I mean, Phoenix is going to put multiple goals past them. Right. But, I I mean, I think Phoenix wins this game, but Monarchs are that good enough team where if a few things break their way quickly they could get on top and maybe try to lock it down. I don't think they could lock it down from like 60 minutes out. That's not going to happen. But the monitor are talented enough. They have been talented enough every single year to make a deep run. And usually they actually have collapsed come playoffs. This is actually one of their first <laughs> yeah. wins, I think, as a playoff team. And I don't I don't want to say it's their first out looking at it, but it actually might be the first time they actually won as a playoff side. I know the past few seasons they lost to Sacramento on a shootout. They lost to Reno as a home team. This I don't. I, and I need to check that actually now. <laughs> this was their first playoff win, but they're a good team. And if they uh, if they put out a roster that's actually talented, they could hold with anyone in the league. I mean, I think they would beat. I mean, I mean, saying they'd beat El Paso and Sacramento is not a big stretch, since they actually were a better seed than either of those two, mm. but. I think this is the biggest chance Phoenix has to lose until they make the finals of the entire playoffs.
0: I, I kind of think you're right. I wasn't too thrilled about the Monarchs until, you know, the more I talk to people, I think the more, I think the Monarchs have a pretty good chance of winning. And yeah, I think it'll, it'll go exactly like you said, Phil out in the West. Any, any other thoughts about rail Monarchs
1: or Phoenix? I think, I think Monarchs are scary just in how they finish the season. Um, they're obviously still riding a pretty confident wave. And then they beat a very, (laughs) what I thought, I thought, you know, Monarchs OC was going to be a high scoring, but close game. And it wasn't at all. So um, yeah, Real Monarchs scare me a little bit. And if I'm, if I'm Phoenix, I I think the concern is just having had played, you know, having to play 120 minutes um, at, at the end of it, a, a couple of their players. I know Asante came off like, with help. Um, John was looking, was looking pretty gassed. So, um, they obviously, you know, they made it out of the shootout. They, they got the job done. Um, but I I'd be interested to see what the condition of the team is even, even with a full week after playing what was a a very tough 120 against, against bold. Yeah. And I was
3: going to at least kind of add on with the real monarchs that it, per my ELO ratings, it has Phoenix about a 67% chance to advance versus the Real Monarchs 33% chance. But keep in mind, this is a Real Monarchs team who beat Phoenix Rising on October 12th, 2-1 in Phoenix for that one. So they have experience at least winning down there. And this is also a Phoenix Rising team who, as Phil had mentioned earlier, had ended the season basically on a six-match unbeaten run, five of those being wins. And if you look back even further, they're on a scoring streak of 17 matches, a streak dating all the way back to July 20th when they had a nil-nil draw against El Paso. So this is still a very decent Real Monarchs team. And as Pony have mentioned, in that will probably give Phoenix a better test in this match and possibly their best test until they reach the final.
2: Yeah, yeah Phoenix has won seven of nine games right now or not Phoenix real Monarchs, they've seven of nine games.
3: And I did check this is Monarchs first ever, uh, playoff victory. It was just their second ever postseason match as well.
2: Okay. I thought so. Just wanted to be sure before I said yes all for sure.
3: Year And then everything else just haven't played well enough to get there.
0: Yeah. Those are the two of the big ones from Tyler Terrens. I, you know, I talked to him yesterday about all this and, uh, he, you know, that's one of the things we said is Monarchs have not gotten hot at the right time ever until now. This is the right way to do it for them, for sure. Um, but also the Phoenix is tiring a bit. And so that's interesting to see. Um, we'll see how it pans out for sure. The monarchs
3: in the past uh, four meetings they've had with Phoenix in the league, they've won three of them. Mm. Two, they won both of them in uh, 2018.
0: Well, that's interesting really interesting we'll see how it goes uh let's move over to the east though let's talk about the uh the bloodbath we'll call this one uh it's gonna be a bruiser maybe i think that's better a bruiser between indy 11 and nashville sc the two and three seeds it's gonna be in nashville um in this could be the final game in their baseball stadium forget what it's called but um you know if they are to move the final go ahead what
3: Tennessee park.
0: Thank you. I always forget. Um, so yeah, it could be the final game there uh, because they're going to MLS with a new stadium the following year. So um, here we are. What do you guys think? Brian, why don't you lead us off about this Indy Nashville matchup?
1: I think
3: Nashville is still a pretty decent side from the start of the place from the start of the playoffs. They were my pick to actually advance into the championship game and win the Eastern conference as they close off the season on a five on. Yeah. basically, a four-match win streak with wins over Loudoun, Louisville, North Carolina, and Atlanta United too before they beat Charleston in their quarterfinals game 3-1. And I think this is still a decent uh, Nashville side who in that time to close off the year, they have only given up one goal and that was too Louisville. They also gave up a goal against Charleston. I'd, I'd still back them in this one. I think the big problem is Indy 11 is not the strongest road team. And we've ponies mentioned it in the past that the second they go on the road, it's been difficult for them to try and take results from that one. So I do believe Nashville will be the one to kind of advance in here.
0: What do you think, Pony? This is a defensive matchup for the most part. Um, although Indy's not at home, uh, they tend to not be quite as solid in defense at home. But what do you think?
2: Yeah, yeah Indy loses this one. Last 10 games, the road, one win, two draws, seven losses. And that's not even against a lot of good teams. They're not a good road team. I mean, Nashville's not the best home team in the world. But, I mean, since when does... Indy who can't play well on the road Play good against a team like Nashville mm-hmm. it's, I'd, I think this is probably the most likely Game of the entire, entire Round is Indy just can't play it On the road, they lose and Nashville goes on To the finals with yep. their whole Tam Gam BS, but you know It's not as bad <laughs> as it has been in the past, but You have to point it out I mean for all the hate we gave since last year Nashville's doing it just not quite as extreme we need to root against them as a collective.
0: I think <laughs> that's kind <laughs> of true, actually. This round. Oh yeah, what about the survival survivor pool? I was wondering. I did to get it
1: updated. I mean, I think I think there's like five or six left. I think that's I think good. I picked Phoenix, so I made it by Diego Restrepo's fingertips.
0: <laughs> Literally, that's <laughs> yeah, awesome. I think
2: it was. I think there was like there were two people missed and one didn't submit. <laughs>
0: Man, I picked Reno at the very last second. Bad choice.
2: <laughs> it's been a busy few days. I mean, I got home I got home on from the weekend trip and then I have a deadline thursday so work has not been helping me out either
0: <laughs> right on um cool well you will update that hopefully uh you get some time to do that before the next round yeah
2: i should get it tomorrow at least sweet
0: yeah and i mean you have till friday friday november 1st at 10 30 p.m eastern is when phoenix faces real monarchs that's going to be the first game of the four um tomorrow, over the weekend right. say again
3: it's fries, so it shouldn't it be dollar beer night? Oh, it, it is, is
2: definitely dollar beer night. And that's and that's one thing I have to say again for Phoenix that's good compared to Sacramento. Drinks are cheap. <laughs> In Sacramento is all expensive. Oh, In really? Phoenix it was like two to four dollars for a drink. Yeah, that's pretty good. So take I mean take no other teams. See? I mean you could survive and make a profit on that
0: for sure yeah you just got to sell a lot of those one and two dollar beers it's no big deal we're gonna college drink them what was that sorry
3: college bars find a way to do it soccer teams can do it as well
0: that's a good point good point um all right one more game louisville versus pittsburgh this for me is the highlight of, of the weekend i cannot wait to watch this one pony let's let's start with you on this one what do you think you're gonna see
2: I think we're still going to see Pittsburgh advance. Right, very. I mean, the at least you're going to take it to penalties because Pittsburgh is a great home team. They've always has, they always have been a great home team. And with Lily Ball, I think it's going to come back again. I mean, Louisville on Louisville come playoffs is a completely new team. They stepped up to a new level, but Pittsburgh won seven nothing. I mean. <laughs> If you told me Pittsburgh won the cup scoring seven goals, I'd go, that sounds realistic. But I mean, I, this is going to be a big, big ask from Louisville to actually come and beat Pittsburgh, who is coached by Lily, who has a great defense, whose offense could actually score as they proved this last week. I mean, this is probably the game of the week. I think this would be the one, if you have to watch one game, this is the one game you watch, and it could go either way. But I think Pittsburgh still... Is the favorite, but boy, this is going to be a great match.
0: It's going to be really, really fun to watch for talent reasons and like veteran reasons, you know, um, Ryan, what do you think?
3: Uh, I mean, will say, I think I do believe uh, Pittsburgh is unbeaten at home this year and and it's just tough. But the last time they did play was in Highmark and Louisville was able to take a new, new draw off of it, which is kind of in line with what Pony had said that Louisville will be a team that will take Pittsburgh all the way to penalties. But I think it's, he's right that Bob Ball is probably going to at least kind of prevail here. Pittsburgh has actually been having their all time best season in USL modern history since 2011 for my Elo ratings. And it's a team that's actually surpassed 2016 New York Red Wolves too. I actually did pick Louisville to advance over Pittsburgh in this round prior to the playoffs, but is just difficult to really argue against and just makes it that much more difficult of a task for Louisville to overcome. Although I will say Louisville is on a scoring streak and the last thing to stop them from scoring was Pittsburgh.
0: Hmm. And who else but Pittsburgh to do that kind of thing, for sure. Uh, Phil, any any thoughts on that? Even you want to kind of guess what's going to happen?
1: I mean... Pittsburgh lost four games all season, so Mm -hmm. it's at home. It's, it's tough to pick against them, even with the, the Louisville playoff magic that they, they always seem to conjure. Um, I think, I think you can't look past, past Pittsburgh for this one.
0: Um, I tried to remember, isn't there some stat about Pittsburgh, not giving up a goal at home for the longest time or not. And they definitely didn't lose at home for the longest time or at all. Does anybody know this answer? I mean, the last match they had of the regular season at home was a 1 1 draw
3: with Atlanta United 2 on October 5th. There we go. So they also. You can't score on them. Swill so Park scored two on them at high mark.
0: Oh, they did. So random.
2: Say, I also love the the one Lily quote from the USL article at the half. The half time there at 5 0. And Lily's halftime quote was okay, as long as we don't do anything stupid, we should be able to show up for the first 15 minutes of the second and run that out. <laughs> like he's like, even at 5 nothing. he's going, yeah, let's just play defense. Don't score, <laughs> run it out. It's <laughs> got two goals. It's the idea. And he was, I don't know. I, I think I could see him just yelling at his players afterwards of, why? Why six? Why seven? <laughs> Save it for the
0: next round. <laughs>
3: Well, maybe they pulled a Leicester on uh, Southampton for Ugh. that one. But the other uh, three teams who have scored on Pittsburgh at Highmark this year is Nashville, which is the usual suspect. Birmingham, surprisingly, when they did that in the league. And then, shockingly, of all teams, Hartford. <laughs>
0: Yeah, sometimes it's the unexpected ones that that do it. Um, yeah, happens more often than not.
3: To have scored at in the playoffs, who have scored at high mark this year, and they got to pass them in a two-two draw back in April. Mm.
0: Very very interesting. Um, let's. I'm going to prep you guys now. I'm going to go around, and you guys can all kind of give a final thought and, and tell everyone where you can be found. Um, I'm actually getting a little distracted. Some new St. Louis, uh, stadium renderings posted just now. So I'm looking through them a little bit. Um, you know, that's kind of cool. Everybody always likes those. So that's my final thought. You can find me at Philgrooms, two L's two O's on Twitter. Ryan, let's go to you next. You can find me on Twitter at ILM underscore Ryan, mainly talking about USL stuff, but an occasional
2: ECU thing thrown in there, I
0: guess definitely pony
2: I find me at usl underscore pony and as I've promised if both Phoenix and Sacramento win this weekend I'll do my best to make it back out there for the West finals
0: oh yeah you know what I've been thinking how if I would love to try to make it to either Louisville or Nashville if that's if that becomes a thing I'm gonna try to do that if I can you've got me uh, inspired pony
2: I say it was fun just go even if you're just a neutral it's so fun (laughs)
1: all right phil now's your shining moment can you pull it off (laughs) yeah i think so i'm uh at baki balboa b-a-k-i um and uh yeah i'll talk about all kinds of soccer stuff but my podcast seriously loco um talks about all the locomotive stuff pony if uh if el paso wins i'll be in phoenix so i guess (laughs) maybe it's it's a great place to visit it really is
2: Um, I did see some Austin people there too. I saw a few people with Austin uh, jerseys and uniforms walking around. Not many, but they were there.
1: Very nice. That's, uh, that's my story. And, uh, I'm just hoping to to keep riding this locomotive train for as long as it'll take me.
0: Awesome, dude. (laughs) What a great team. I'm glad you guys made it this far. I think it's, it's cool to see a team like that make it. So, uh, congrats to you man, and enjoy the ride. Um, That's it for us. Phil, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Uh, We are going to close the show saying thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves today at uh, roughneckscarves.com. Thanks, everyone, again for listening, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Bye-bye.